Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. And welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks. And if you know the noise that you just heard, then you're probably a New Yorker. It's the sound of New York City roaring and cheering for essential healthcare workers during the height of the pandemic every single night at 7 p.m. here in the city. And my guest today, Carla Mabini, a frontline essential healthcare worker during the worst of COVID until this day, called hearing those cheers as a source of strength inspiration, and a virtual-like hug of support when it was most needed by healthcare workers. However, today we're not so much talking about the past, as I'm sure we're all glad to have gotten through the worst of this pandemic, but we're talking about the present and the future of New York City and getting the vaccine. And so the title of this episode is called Shots on New York, literally because the city is serving them up everywhere. And by shots, I mean the vaccine shot, of course. And Carla is a strong advocate on getting the vaccine as well as spreading more knowledge about it so that one is more confident and informed in their decision. She, of course, not only talks about the vaccine, but shares her relationship with New York City and a story that I did not see coming. I think I was meant to get the vaccine, not only to be healthy, of course, and safe as I walk through this world, but to meet Carla and to share her heroism and the gratitude she has for life. So without further ado, here is my interview with Carla Mabini. Hey, Carla, I am very happy to have you on the podcast today to to be joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm enjoying a nice afternoon, Sunday afternoon, not working. Uh, How are you? I'm sure, right? Well, that's good. I'm glad you have a day off, given your field. Yes. I'm good. I'm good, and I appreciate you asking me, Carla. Thank you. You know, just to kind of give you context on the podcast here, it's generally a podcast to continue enriching the lives of New Yorkers and those looking to move here, given, you know, the topic we're specifically talking about here today, getting the COVID vaccine. But before that, I want to jump into getting to know you, Carla, getting to know your New York story. And the first question that I like to ask people is, are you originally from New York? No, um, I moved here in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, I was born and bred in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got my nursing education there and I moved here to pursue my nursing career. Oh, wow. So in 2009, you you moved to pursue it. Okay. And so in 2009, um, you landed upon New York City. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, you know, was New York a destination you had always potentially wanted to come to? Or was it just because this is where, you know, your field led you to? Um, My mom is here. So that's practically the very reason why I'm here. (laughs) 
Okay. Is your mom in the field too? The medical field? Like um, private caregiving. Mm, okay. Okay. That's great. So you had family here. And so mm-hmm. when you landed upon New York City, you know, what neighborhood did you end up landing on? And do you, do you still live in that neighborhood? If not, where are you now? I first stayed in Great Neck, Long Island, that because that's where my mom is. Um, mm-hmm. And then I stayed in Queens for like two years. And then mm-hmm. after two years, I moved to Manhattan. Most of my New York stay is in Manhattan. But now I just moved to Astoria like two months ago. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So you've experienced a bit of the city, you know, mostly between, let's say, Long Island, Queens and Manhattan. Um, yes. When you were in Manhattan, is, is, there, is there a particular neighborhood you were at? I was in the Upper West Side, um, mm-hmm. and then I moved up to Washington Heights, too. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. I love that. I love that mm-hmm. you've, again, seen a, a bit of everything here. Yes. And so, you know, what would you say your overall experience in, in New York City has been like? Um, exciting. Mm. As I always say, um, I, I have to quote myself. I've said it before with my friends that New York is an old city, but there's always something new. Like, especially during the summer, you can, there's just so many things to do and experience and eat. And I actually have a hard time, like, oh, deciding where to go or where to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's funny because like an, a restaurant closes and I'm like, oh, I haven't even eaten there because there's just so much to see and so much to do in New York. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's nice. And um, it's nice for young people to live in. And experience. Of course, there's no shortage of restaurants or activities to do in New York City. Right. And I, I kind of love how, how you noted that. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Any specific places you have in mind that you really like to eat at? Chinese food, Chinatown. <laughs> That's number one. I love Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, about everything. Like, if I want to discover a new cuisine, let's say I'll Google it and then I'll find a place. Oh, I want African food today or maybe next week it's another Thai food or another and uh, like a vegan ice cream I haven't mm. tried. So it's just really random. But the pizza mm. is really like one of the staples. Of course, of course. That's... And like the bagels, New York, like every single thing that New York offers, Mm. both old and new. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You said it so well, too, with that quote that you uh, already, you're getting ahead of me on the questions that I'm asking. That was a great (laughs) quote that you said there. So thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, following up on that there, Carla, what is it specifically that you like about New York and maybe dislike about New York? I like New York because it's a melting pot. You get to meet a lot of people from different races and different cultures, learning from each other. But also maybe what I don't like about New York, um, I don't think anything except for like our filthy subway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, not a good for experience the most with the subway. <laughs> I, if I have like visitors and friends who come to New York and they're like, oh, the subway is really dirty. I'm like, yeah, like that's, I think that's the one thing that I'm not really... <laughs> proud of about the city but otherwise everything is good okay yeah well you you know a, a pretty big one right because everyone uses yep. the the subway and so yes you know i i know during covid they try to heighten up the cleaning within it yes um don't mm-hmm. know if it's kept consistent don't know if it's up to standards but hopefully that will continue to you know evolve and get clean but i could particularly tell the difference because when i think when covid started to hit like everybody just 
dispersed and just stayed in their homes and houses and the streets were empty and the subway is just empty and nobody's like cleaning it because everybody's just scared and like not really you know out there mm-hmm. so I could really tell the difference that when they started cleaning it in May I could tell the difference mm. um, they it was good that they amped up but it was I had experienced like a few weeks in the subway when it was really like extra dirty than the usual oh really okay because the trains were deserted yeah and I don't think the subway personnel were available because they were sick too so Mm -hmm. um it's just was just really crazy that time Mm. you make a a good note there in the sense you know that no one was kind of available to do this at the time yes because what was going on so definitely definitely yeah and and so now the hope is you know that we're all getting better and we're going to get into the yeah. vaccine and that, you know, the subway stays clean and even cleaner and kind of diving more, not specifically into the COVID vaccine, but just code as a whole, Yeah. given, you know, all that's happened in 2020. Do, do you believe the city will return to, you know, hundred percent what it used to be uh, post COVID? I know we're still in a COVID world, but um, you know, I mean, lively wise and, and even healthcare wise to an extent. Generally speaking, I think and I believe that New York will come back. Let's just say I'm conservative. 99% come back, but the 1% would be everyone will be more careful, be more vigilant, be more like that 1% that's not the same about New York would be they have already adapted to the post-pandemic situation, which is like there are more hand sanitizers around or like, you know, it's it's more Mm -hmm. on we have coped. It's a better New York, I would say. I like that. I like how you put it that mm-hmm. way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the most Because we're resilient. Like, look what happened to 9-11. Here we are. We're still standing. We still became a vibrant city after that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, no, nobody can like take us down. I love that. Yes. Just, <laughs> it's just a more conscious New York, you know? A more conscious New York. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, you said it perfectly, but thank you. <laughs> and and so, you know, um, I'm curious, Carla, uh, would you consider yourself a New Yorker at this point, you know, you've been here, um, you know, a good amount of time already, a 10 year mark, and so forth. And, and, you know, and and what do you ultimately consider being a New Yorker means? Well, one time I was reading a coffee table book, and it's about Mm -hmm. New York, something New York. And then there's one page that says it only takes for one person six months to live in New York to be a New Yorker. Mm. I like that. I, yeah, I found it like fascinating. I'm like, really? And then um, I think that's possible. It actually depends on how the person um, quickly adapts into the culture, into like, you know, the rat race and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But then I think <laughs> based on that, I'm like, I am a New Yorker, but it's like 10 times more of the time or more than 10 times of the time that the book states stated it but then what really makes a new yorker a new yorker is how you dive into the flow of the city the ins and outs the how fast the subway train closes and opens that's how you go in and step in into living the new york life i think Mm. that's how you become a new yorker and yes i do (laughs) yes what were you going to say that I interrupted? Um, yes, that I do consider myself a New Yorker. 
Oh, 100%. Nobody would argue that you're not a New Yorker, Carla. <laughs> uh, you know, you've uh, checked off all the marks, the six-month, right. ten-year mark, <laughs> the, you know, uh, being a healthcare worker uh, during COVID, uh, after COVID, uh, we're not after COVID, you know, we're still in it um, technically, right. but, you know, so you've you checked off all those marks. So uh, appreciate you, you kind of sharing also your perspective on what it means to be one. And, and so, I would like to ask Carla, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to make a move to the city right now, given, you know, our time? I wouldn't um, stray away from what I've been saying earlier, that you have to adapt quickly into the New York life, because when you come in here, it's a different ball game. We have more, uh, the population is bigger, which means you get to see more people. It's busier. Um, you have to protect yourself more and be extra vigilant, ex- especially that you're moving into a very dense city. So you have to keep that in mind. But also you have to have an open mind to breathe in the energy that New York will bring into your life. Um, basically just um, savor the food, savor the culture, savor the different people around you and just just savor every moment that New York will bring you in. I think that's the most basic thing. Not basic. These are great things that you just said. You, you gave a, <laughs> a good breath of, you know, examples on, on kind of what to do moving mm-hmm. here to New York. And I would like to kind of ask on, on the opposite side, like what advice would you give to um, to current New right. Yorkers? You know, New Yorkers that have been here. Just continue being who you are, be, to be strong and adaptable i think every new yorker has that in them that new yorker gene that pool of genes that makes them a new yorker and i'll just have them be who they are like i I don't think that there's no other place for them that is better but because they have already embraced the city they've already uh, lived here for a long time and the difference only is that we we are facing a challenge and just stay as a strong New Yorker as you are. I think that it is. I'm loving this, Carla. Thank you. And and so, um, you know, I, I have one last question here with regards to your New York story. And please let me know if there's something I am missing or that you would like to share because I, I could mm-hmm. stay on this topic the whole time, but we yeah. have a couple other segments. Um, Right. You know, and, and you said it earlier, but I'm going to ask again, and you could say that again, but it's like, yeah. you know, if you were asked what New York is, what it represents to you, how it makes you feel, how would you sum that up into a quote that's either yours or one that, you know, exists in the universe? Well, as I've said earlier, New York is an old city where there's always something new. Amazing. Thank you, Carla. You're welcome. Want to dive into our second segment, which is going to get a little bit more on the intenser side, you know, uh, not that <laughs> it's, it's a topic that a lot of people either feel comfortable about, maybe not, maybe there's a lot of uh, taboo. Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipnista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. 
shining light on, and if you don't mind, kind of, you know, how yeah. we met here. Um, yeah. So to give context to the listeners. So Carla Mabini, who I'm speaking with right now, she was actually the administrator of my first COVID vaccine. So thank you, Carla. Thank you so much to myself and my husband. And never did I imagine that, you know, I would get this amazing opportunity right now to be speaking to you and, you know, to hear your New York story and and the insight you've given us. Nevertheless, you kind of, you know, telling us more about COVID vaccine, getting shots Mm -hmm. in New York, you know, and, and so forth. So I'm going to start with the first question because we want to learn about Mm -hmm. your healthcare background, Carla. And, and the first one is, you know, tell us about your, your background and in the healthcare and what specifically, you know, area you work in and, and what inspired you to get into it. I am currently an operating room nurse in a hospital in the city. Mm -hmm. And I used to, when I was in nursing school, I used to have, um, I loved when I did my exposure at the operating room. So then after graduation, I did like a few months training before I flew here to the States. And I did not go to the operating room because it wasn't the opportunity that I saw when I first came. But eventually I did go back to the operating room, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice uh, because it's 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 my dream it's my mm-hmm. my passion mm-hmm. yeah so you work in the operating room assuming hand in hand with the doctor for various different yes. levels of, of care and need that's happening at any given time yes um i actually do uh intraoperative care which is the surgery itself i help out when the surgeon does the procedure Wow, Carla, I'm just thinking so many amazingness things, uh, you know, with regards to the level of, you know, expertise that you work in. And, <laughs> and so thank you. Thank you, you know, for that. Uh, that is, just doing my job. You, well, yeah, to you, it's a job to others. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah, that is, you know, you have a life in, in hand there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very much. And we thank you for that. And again, for your services always administrating these COVID vaccines. And so mm-hmm. kind of just to bring it back to shining more light to how I ended up getting my COVID shot is, you know, it was an interesting experience. What was the facility that was administrating the COVID shots when we, you and I met? I can't recall. It's the Ford Foundation. Yes. Um, it's actually under the Department of Health. So the, the vaccine program is headed by the Department of Health and then they pick out this um, locations throughout the city mm-hmm. and administer vaccinations in those sites. Awesome. And so I, uh, my husband and I ended up there and we got our shots. Is it, there's, are they still administrating shots there? They still do. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So then, uh, but there are more vaccination sites yep. that have opened and will open. So the most exciting one would be for me is the museum, the natural history museum, which I, which I've already gone to mm-hmm. a few times, um, vaccinating. And like yesterday, my cousin was just there and because Pfizer started, they've started giving Pfizer to like younger people. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, it looks like Disneyland here right now because oh of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun for them, especially being vaccinated under the whale, mm. the blue whale. Oh, wow. Okay. So wait, you mm-hmm. said, 
Natural History Museum. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So people can go there yeah. to, to get a COVID um, vaccine. And then yesterday I was just at um, Penn Station. They're giving out, uh, it's walk-in. Like they're opening uh, spe- specifically sub- main subway stations to give yep. vaccines too. So I was just there last uh, yesterday at um, Penn Station and I saw a long line and people are getting um, vaccinated. Yep, yep. There's a, and that's something we were going to dive into. There's a lot of sites opening, you know, like right. uh, noted subway stations, you mm-hmm. know, uh, museums at this point, as well as I think there's trucks that are going around the city administrating shots or and then other locations. But um, yes, they just have that, to Google it and whichever is near where they are, then that's the most uh what do you call it? Practical way for them to go. Yeah. And so we'll dive into some specifics on there. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to peel it back here, um, Carla, and bring bring it back to your specialty in the operating room. Right. Um, you know, you working with the city to be part of areas and places to administer the COVID-19 uh, vaccine. I'm curious. So, you know, I, I, I like to kind of know where you were during the height of COVID um, and, and what that experience was like. Wow. And you can kind of paint, paint a picture for people. Wow. That, that would be, yeah, I know. That's bringing, <laughs> that's taking you back, I'm sure, to uh, memories. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to, like, prepare myself for the podcast. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about? And I was looking through, like, just doing a backtrack of what happened the past year and there's just so much that went on personally Mm -hmm. professionally and just the totality of it is like the magnitude of the pandemic affecting all of us and for me I actually got COVID myself yeah but I was thankful and just grateful to God that I just had mild symptoms. I only had um, fatigue and sore throat and that was it. Mm-hmm. And there were times that I feel like, oh, I can't breathe or whatever. But then I remind myself I have a, a pulse oximeter. It tells me if what my oxygen levels are. Mm-hmm. And I see my numbers and my numbers are like perfect. And I'm like, Carla, you're just anxious. Mm-hmm. You have to trust the numbers. You have to trust the science you're fine. You're not going to die or anything like that. You're, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You look at the numbers on your pulse oximeter and you're perfect. You're just anxious. You just have to breathe in, breathe out. Um, I actually um, started, because I'm Catholic, I actually started to watch um, daily TV mass on YouTube just to keep my sanity because I'm very spiritual. So I drew strength from that mm. and it kept me sane the whole time. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, Carla, that I did not imagine you sharing this. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for, for, for being transparent. Right. I did not know that. I am happy you are recovered and got through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you really, I, I, I'm assuming well, you had a great foundation, right. you know, from your background in health, but also spiritually yes. and mentally. Yes. You know, you beat it by... <laughs> you know, choosing to be beat it yes. to an extent, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of to, to probe on that and, and apologies, you know, please stop me. No, no, is, um, feel free. You mm-hmm. know, so around what time did, had you gotten COVID? I'm curious, you know. And, Second week of March. Oh, wow. So in the early stages. Yes, the city was like starting to shut down. And mm-hmm. um, I was supposed to go to the Philippines in like two weeks mm-hmm. for my dad's 80th birthday. And 
I planned a party, you know, I planned a party, I ordered a cake, I ordered food, I paid for everything, but then COVID happened and I'm like, I had to make a swift decision. Like, should I go home to the Philippines? Should I not go home to the Philippines? Should I cancel the party and whatever? But then it became more clearer day by day when that I can't go, this is going to blow up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was just one of the, like, I, I was looking forward to like seeing my family, but then I can't travel and it's a health risk for me and for everyone. Mm-hmm. What if I'm a New Yorker and we're at the epicenter eventually? What if I did go home? So I brought the virus to my family back home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to my dad. He's 80 years old. He's, he's like the most vulnerable. So it's, yep. you just have to be more conscious and be like, have informed decisions when these things happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, being mindful of those around you. And so then right. you made the right choice. You you didn't go, you you know, you uh, had COVID, mm-hmm. you said for like mm-hmm. about two weeks. I, I had to be in quarantine for, for two weeks. So the vacation time that I was supposed to take, I did it to rest myself. And actually that was a time that I was able to like psych myself when I go back to work, I'm ready to be a pandemic nurse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you all know, we stopped doing surgeries. So we didn't operate mm-hmm. for a few months because we were catering to ICU COVID patients. We stopped doing surgeries. We converted our PACU units um, and our preoperative station to house um, medical surgical pe- patients and also COVID patients um, because the state was mandating all hospitals to increase the the capacity of hospitals because we're trying to prepare ourselves for the worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the after my vacation, after my quarantine, after I was cleared to go back to work, I felt like it was um like entering a war, war zone. Because the very moment I stepped in into the doors of my hospital, it wasn't even three minutes I stepped in. I and there was an announcement that there's a code somewhere and you don't usually hear that. So every so and so minutes you hear that someone is needing help, like acute help because he can't breathe or we need to put a tube inside of him and whatnot, all these things. But um, I'm grateful for the support of my friends, my family, uh, you know, the, the strength that I, that I draw from my faith. So I've survived it and I've, you know, it's just such a a tremendous experience that you can't really put into words really. But, you know, um, thank God we're all okay. We have survived and we're still living through it and we're um, fighting it. Yeah, yeah. I can't thank you enough for sharing, you know, that aspect of, you know, you experiencing this uh, virus firsthand right and yeah and and clearing through it and and then putting you know yourself again in the midst of it all to to help others fight it and get through it mm-hmm. crazy to hear you're of course you're hearing these codes everywhere in the hospital because right. it was mm-hmm. a huge epidemic pandemic here in, in new york City yeah. of mm-hmm. all places so happy that you know you're healthy Others have recovered. I know there was a lot of lost here and, and, and our right. hearts go out to those, you know, that lost anyone and, and you know, mm-hmm. felt this uh, virus and, and aftermath of it as well. But right. mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, 
Carla, COVID's still out there, you know, not as abrasive as maybe it once was. Mm -hmm. is, is there things that you did during your experience aside from like, you know, your, your, your mental capacity, your faith and, um, you know, so forth that you took like, um, certain type of, you know, a cloth over your head, um, <laughs> medicine, um, so forth, um, you know, things like that, that, that were more tangible. Like, I mean, right. Not, so know. It, it's funny because, um, I didn't know that I had COVID, right. Cause it, I wasn't tested at that time. You have to be dying to get tested. So mm. we, I just presumed that it was up until like, end of April that I got tested for antibodies to just confirm that it really was because mm -hmm. I already have antibodies mm -hmm. so um I it's funny because I just brought out the my steamer mm -hmm. <laughs> from the closet mm -hmm. I haven't used it since last year and every time I come in from the hospital every day I steam my from head to toe like my my pants, my bag, everything else that came because that time um, I was taking the subway. Mm -hmm. So I, I had to like decontaminate myself, <laughs> basically, like and all the things that I used from the hospital, like my shoes and stuff. So yeah. there were, um, there weren't enough Lysol or there aren't enough like cleaning stuff, but I had a few, I was mm -hmm. like trying to conserve and like, not to be uh, wasteful about it so mm -hmm. literally just from head to toe everything that i see from my body mm -hmm. or i brought in from the hospital i just you know steam it i spray lysol on it i take a shower when mm -hmm. i get in the house so it's like it's tedious it was so tedious you know it the the mode of transmission and how COVID is nobody knows just yet. So at that point, we were taking the highest precaution. Yeah. Yep. So then we're still in it, but we're in a better position now than exactly a year ago. So right. just a good thing. Yes. No, no, the steamer. No, no more steam steaming <laughs> needed to be done, I hope. No, I don't steam anymore. Okay. It's not what it was. Yeah, not what it was, like an unknown virus or an unknown um Right. Yeah, I would even steam my money. Mm, really? Like the paper bill to that point. And then I got tired of it. I did it for a month or so. I'm like, I, I'm I'm over it. <laughs> so now that you're talking about steam, is does steaming have something to do with like killing bacteria here or helping to kind of, you know, do something? It's not proven right, like that, right. but I, it just made my, cause like my bag, I couldn't like wash my bag every single day. Mm -hmm. So the, the steam has the highest um, temperature. Mm -hmm. So it sort of like kills, mm -hmm. you know, something random mm -hmm. from your stuff. So it's rather than just boiling it, cause we actually steam uh, stuff in the OR. Mm -hmm. um, I may not have the same, uh, what do you call this? The same caliber of machine but the the principle behind it is the same mm, so mm, that's good to know well, well thank you for, yeah. for that insight there and mm -hmm. and again mm -hmm. thank you for for sharing your incredible story and how you've helped so many and and kind of you know diving more so into the vaccine and, and where we're mm -hmm. at now um you know, what's your overall perspective on, on the vaccine? You know, because a lot of people have may have uncertainty uh, about it. There's mm -hmm. controversy that surrounds it. What's your overall perspective? Right. Uh, personally, I think any anxiety, doubt, 
fear or any criticism about the vaccine is valid. Like, it is normal to question. It is normal to to have an amount of fear and anxiety. But, because I did the same. I was like, why would I take the vaccine? I already have antibodies before. But then they've discovered that the antibodies decrease a long time. Mm. So you want to still get protected even if you had the antibodies because the numbers go down after a few months or weeks Mm -hmm. with antibodies. So you're not protected still. Mm -hmm. Your, Your body knows what the virus is, but then by textbook, you still want to have antibodies to protect yourself. So the best vaccine for you is, is what is available right now. Like, let's say when you go in into the system and, and find like Google yourself, what is uh, I want? I want because people prefer oh, Pfizer or Moderna or J&J. People have different reasons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But to allay fear, anxiety, you have to inform yourself. So what I did personally was that I spoke to my primary care physician and he said, you should take it because you're a healthcare worker. You, you work in the COVID ICU. You should take it yourself. So I'm like, okay. Then I got my first shot in December and my second shot January. Mm. So I mean, like, vaccine is a consented um you have to consent to be vaccinated no one's gonna force like no one's gonna jab you on the street just because every our government wants us to be vaccinated no Mm -hmm. you have to give an informed consent meaning the healthcare worker who gave you that vaccine will have to inform you what vaccine you're getting what are the pros and cons the risk and the benefits Mm -hmm. but it is still up to you to decide whether or not to get it yep Agreed. That's the, you know, option you guys gave me. That's the option that people have out there to do, you know, and what you're doing is offering as much insight that you can from your perspective on, you know, firsthand working with the vaccine. And so, you know, you mentioned getting your vaccine pretty early on December and then January. This is literally at the height of right after Mm -hmm. things have been announced to an extent, right? And because you are a frontline worker, you, you did get it first. And I'm curious, did you which shot was it that you got and then did you have any side effects um or do you know people that may you know other um, healthcare workers that may have had side effects that you can kind of give insight on the most common question that my patients ask me when i give vaccines so back then Mm -hmm. whatever whatever uh vaccine that they give that time and now it's the same it could be either Mm -hmm. pfizer or moderna um Mm -hmm. The side effects, everybody's different. So I, the first shot, um, I had um, fatigue mm-hmm. and I felt a little like lightheaded, that's it. Mm-hmm. For my second shot, I didn't feel anything except for the pain on my arm. Mm-hmm. I was working with this doctor. Um, he's a resident uh, at the hospital I work. He didn't feel anything for both vaccines, both first and second. Mm-hmm. Some people feel it more on the first, some people will feel it more on the second. But for me, it doesn't matter anymore uh, if it's if you felt something on the first or the second um, dose. What matters is you got it and and you survived it. And now you're protected. That's basically my take on it. 
that that's a good take to have and that's also a take that a recent friend of mine also gave you know getting the covid vaccine whatever the side effects are in the first one or the second one or none if you're lucky enough right um the point, right. The point is you uh, it's way better than anything that you'd ever feel actually getting COVID-19. So exactly, you know, get, get the shot to, to that. And, um, and, you know, just to kind of note, there is though a lot of controversy out there, like, you know, Mm -hmm. is it Moderna that causes more side effects? Is it Pfizer? Um, you know, what Mm -hmm. are the side effects and everyone's body reacts uh, different differently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do, Do you, do you mind sharing maybe some reactions, not from like uh, healthcare workers or firsthand, you know, again, workers like yourself, but um, people you've administrated to and either how they reacted to the first shot or second shot on site and and things that happened? Nothing very um, alarming. Mm -hmm. It's the usual side effects. It's if you get fatigue or if you get fever or chills, that's expected. That's how your body is reacting to the vaccine. It means your body is um what do you call this processing mm-hmm. the the vaccine that was just injected into you some people just have a different way of reacting because everybody's like what we've said everybody's just different mm-hmm. um but nothing um nothing alarming mm-hmm. those everything every single side effect that i've heard of whether or not from my coworkers or from my patients they're nothing that uh, we did not expect. Mm-hmm. These are all expected um, okay. side effects. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I mean, so just to kind of give context on my end, um, side effect wise mm-hmm. on what I got, I know I haven't told you this, Carla. Uh, and and, and, and <laughs> Yeah, you haven't reported that to me. <laughs> right. So I'm reporting to you and to the whole, you know, whoever listens here on this podcast, I was gonna say the whole world. But right. um, I, uh, you know, what I felt was, uh, I, I was perfectly normal the whole whole day after I took my first shot and everything was, mm-hmm. was fine. Um, I, I did feel maybe like a, a little like, I don't know if I was just making it up in my own head, but not like just a fully not there, like, you know, not me, like it, it, almost the word euphoric. <laughs> not because like, <laughs> really, not because like, you know, I don't think the vaccine did that. But I don't really know. But um, and then the next day, yes, my left arm was hurting, um, you know, yeah. felt sore. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think I, I felt a little body aches for, for the next two days. Right, right. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything intense, but it was like, hmm, I didn't fully feel myself. Mm-hmm. That that was my right. experience. My husband, he um, didn't feel anything. He was fine. I don't mm-hmm. even think mm-hmm. he was that sore. But about mm-hmm. four to five days later, he got a full on um, like head cold, like flu. Is, is that I don't know if that's common or if that's just the current mm-hmm. allergy season and flu season upon us. It could be anything unless you got tested to find out which <laughs> what kind of reaction that was. I can't really tell you what yeah. you had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but- um, most most of the symptoms or the side effects occur the first three days. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been allergic reaction with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not be 100% correct, mm-hmm. but then we can only tell if what it really was, if he got tested for COVID, if he got tested for flu, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we could tell what that was. But yeah, 
but I think that's just uh, an off thing that had nothing to right. do with the vaccine. Uh, right. But, you know, we will we'll know more once we get our second ones. Um, mm -hmm. so I again, I was a little nervous to get my second one. But after speaking with you and my friends who mm -hmm. were like, it's better to have it than COVID. Yeah, I'm going mm -hmm. for it no matter what. So yeah, thank you for that. I, I do want to note something here, and I'm not, not looking to put you on the spot and don't know if you specifically know about this, but I, I mm -hmm. recently touched base with someone who told me, um, uh, you know, uh, what's that word? Uh, myocarditis? Myocarditis? Do you know what that is? Myocarditis. It's like inflammation of the heart muscle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And he actually got that, um, I believe. There's some stats out there that this is something that's happening with both Pfizer and Moderna. It's still not 100% sure, mm -hmm. but Israel reported some cases. Like after the vaccine, he got it? Yeah, he, he got it after the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I think he's one, if any, of if any though, one of the first New Yorkers to mm -hmm. kind of um, fall in that line. I that. haven't heard of anything like that. And mm -hmm. I'm actually... Um, excited or looking forward to all the studies that the medical field have or has or is gathering right now with regards to COVID. Um, mm -hmm. The side effects of the vaccine, the treatment for COVID itself. And I'm just excited because um, we, we as a human, the human race have become more informed, become more um, knowledgeable in the last century. So mm -hmm. Anything that we learn from last year here and then, and we're continuing to learn, it should help us eventually um, solve the mysteries and um, piece the puzzle, whether or not, oh, this was a wrong move or this was the wrong medication and this was the right medication or we did the right thing or not. It remains to be seen up until, yeah. you know, eventually everything will just come to light. And by that time, we'll be like, oh, we'll, we'll just treat COVID-19 like a regular flu. Yeah. And, you know, when you put it that way, um, and not to be the devil's advocate here, Carla, you mm -hmm. know, we definitely want these reports. But in the meantime, I, you know, things like this, like the myocarditis, how do you say it? My myocarditis. <laughs> myocarditis. And um, just any other thing popping up uh, with us taking these things, we, we don't want to be mm -hmm. like the ones suffering from those things, right? Or the, or the, or the yeah. guinea pigs to an extent uh, before the results come out. How do, you, right. how do you feel about like that? Anything, any medication has risks and benefits. Mm -hmm. Even a vaccine could cost us. But the percentage is so low. That's why we're still advocating for vaccines and for other medications. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really make a conclusive statement about this, but I think we just weigh the benefits and the risks. Yep. Like, if you come to think of it, this is a pandemic. It's it's a high level problem. It's it's worldwide, or could be the universe for all we know. We just act best to to what we have right now like mm -hmm. if we have this knowledge then we act on the best thing based on that knowledge that's my take that makes sense so you know i don't know if i've asked but i'm going to and mm -hmm. it's like you know what's your perspective on moderna versus pfizer and the theory of one <laughs> better versus the other and so forth people are saying pfizer, pfizer and is an elite one and moderna is not so much you know some saying you get more side effects with another versus none with you know there's so much controversy 
between Moderna and Pfizer, I think they're all both the same. Mm-hmm. They're all the same mm-hmm. because they're using the same technology too. Mm. And percentage-wise, what what are the similar? Percentage-wise, it's ninety-four, ninety-five. Mm. Okay, so it's almost negligible. It's just one mark. And J and J that stopped being administered is that those who may have gotten that are they still okay? Do you know? Much um, about- they have. They have already approved to give it. Like yesterday at uh, uh, the subway station at um, Penn Station, they gave they were giving J and J. Okay. So they have, so they have already made a medical decision on that. Like, I the FDA or you know the higher mm-hmm. agencies or health agencies have decided that mm-hmm. it's safe to give it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then they're all out in the market and it's like whatever. They're all out in the market. It's up to them to make an informed decision. So stop being anxious. Stop being fearful. If you don't want the vaccine, nobody can force you. But you have to be informed so that you stop being anxious and stop being fearful. Mm-hmm. That's just about it. Wow. And you kind of. Because not knowing, not knowing anything doesn't help you. But try to read up, try to ask your primary care physician, your trusted people around you that have medical knowledge and have them explain to you what your options are. If we do that, if we inform yourself, then you won't be fearful anymore and won't be anxious anymore. That is very true. Yep. And you, mm-hmm. you kind of summed it up perfectly there for me on this specific segment. Carla, is there anything I may have missed with regards to, you know, your background in the field, your experience uh, with COVID and, you know, your experience um, with administrating it as well? I am a vaccine advocate because I've personally experienced COVID, maybe not in the worst way, but I knew of my, my main primary care physician actually died of COVID. <sighs> A relative um, was so sick that she had to get intubated in the ICU, but she's fine now. Um, There's just so many. It's not real. It doesn't hit home until you know someone close to you that COVID is real. And you're like, oh, it's this thing is real and it could kill people. It could can um, threaten our health, our lives. So I am a vaccine advocate because I have experienced it myself my family and friends have experienced it and I don't want them to experience the same trauma that I did. So I, I personally want everyone to be healthy and safe. And if you yourself think about getting the vaccine by protecting yourself and protecting your family and friends, it's individually, you make that effort and then collectively we're helping the world. You, I love the passion and that sum up. Carla, you said it so eloquent um, and how it's affected, you know, yourself, loved ones, how it can affect the world and, you know, how one should be a decider for their own fate, but you're an advocate on mm-hmm. get it, get it to, you know, make everyone safer. Mm-hmm. Moving into mm-hmm. our third segment tips for the audience on on getting their uh, COVID vaccine shot here in New York. My first question is, what's the first thing one must do to start their journey to to get a shot in NYC? Like, where does one go to get one? I know we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but what's your best advice? Well, my best advice would be be informed first before you schedule yourself for an appointment. 
go to your primary care physician, um, whoever has the medical knowledge or that you trust, like let's say your best friend is a doctor or also you know of an immunologist or where you think you can get the best knowledge about the vaccine, go there. Primary care physician is number one. Mm, okay. So when you get yourself informed, then you go up online and go to the NYC COVID-19 vaccine finder and it will let you choose which um, areas you can, which site or location you can get the vaccine. If you want, oh, I live in Brooklyn, which area in Brooklyn can I get it? And there are a few um, sites and locations they can direct you. Mm -hmm. But there are also walk-ins. Mm -hmm. Like if you feel like, oh, today is a day that I want to get my vaccine, you can go to the Museum of Natural History and just, you know, line up. Or also like yesterday, like what I said, yesterday at Penn Station or like the main um, train hubs, they have um, walk-in vaccination um, clinics there. Mm. So go get informed, go online, schedule an appointment. Or if you feel like, you know, waiting in line for a walk-in, so you may also do that. Everybody, ev everything is in the web. So yeah. you can just look up. That's mm -hmm. perfect advice. It's so easy. Yeah. yeah, it's so easy to get it. It actually is, particularly here in New York, guys. I could vouch for mm -hmm. that. I got mine with Carla in less than 15, 20 minutes, not invasive paperwork or anything. Um, it was smooth. Everyone was friendly. They're a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, it's every, everything's great. So uh, do it. And, um, you know, with, with that being said, what you just shared, I don't know if you know the specific paperworks that are required for people to have to kind of get the vaccine. Are they required to be New Yorkers? Like, you know, you have to live in New York City. I think now because we've already like uh, went down the the eligibility, like from doctors to nurses to like NYC residents. If we do have walk-ins, anybody can just come. Oh, well, that's amazing. Hey, if New York is administrating to mm -hmm. all, then you know, and you guys want to contribute to the better well-being of, you know, the universe, then amazing. I love that New York right. is doing that. So that is great to know. And and then so um, ahead of time, do people need to be prepared for their shots? You know, I, 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 I may have had a mimosa before mine, <laughs> unknowingly, you know, unknowingly, uh, knowing that I was going to have my shot that day because our shot was, right. was impromptu. Um, you know, we kind of almost did like a walk-in to or, or, or kind of, uh, there's more context to that, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, should people come so hydrated is my question. Should people come prepared and ha had already? So if, yes. Um, when you come in, you must be rested. You must have eaten something. You have hydrated yourself. Um, the best way would be water. Um, cause you don't want to be like, Oh, I, I'm feeling dizzy, but you haven't eaten all day and you blame it to the vaccine, mm -hmm. the side effect as a side effect. So it's it's not fair to the vaccine, mm -hmm. <laughs> poor vaccine getting blamed. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just basic. You you're rested, you've eaten and you're um, you're hydrated. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, mm -hmm. that's good tips. And I know you guys after the vaccines taken, you guys monitor individuals for about like 15 minutes. Um, yes. You may still be continuing you guys offered water and crackers as well, which was, yes. was awesome. So uh, that was good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, now they're actually offering um, 
the other day they were offering French fries from Shake Shack. What? <laughs> yes. You know, I feel like yes. I'm missing all the good things here because <laughs> they're giving, uh, I believe, incentives if you get your shots in New York where you get like tickets to museums and so forth. Yes. Oh, so um, so when if you get vaccinated under the wheel, the American history, American Museum of Natural History, mm-hmm. you get a voucher. Mm. To, uh, for a free entrance or something like that when you um, go back to the museum. That is if you got vaccinated in a vaccine. I mean, if you got vaccinated in the museum. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, there's there's that mm-hmm. and so many other things. And French fries, wow. So many other things, yeah. <laughs> French fries, yeah. Does it count for your second shot is my question. <laughs> um, um, I don't know, maybe. Right, <laughs> and, and speaking of second shot, how long to wait after you've gotten your second shot, um, I know depending on different, like Moderna has a mm-hmm. certain time period before right. the second shot versus Pfizer. And I don't know about J&J. But- J&J, it's one shot. You don't have to mm. schedule a second shot. So there's only one shot. You wait for two weeks and then you're supposed, to, your body's supposed to have already um, manufactured or made antibodies after two weeks of uh, getting the vaccine mm. but for Moderna you you have to reschedule four weeks mm-hmm. or 28 days after the first um, dose mm-hmm. but the nurses or the staff will also schedule that for mm-hmm. you they will be there to um, write it down for you and schedule schedule your second dose online they'll help you with that mm-hmm. uh, for Moderna it's four weeks mm-hmm. for for Pfizer, it's three weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So four weeks, three weeks, and just one shot and complete immunity, assuming after you've gotten either your first shot from J and J or your second shot from the others within mm-hmm. two weeks after that, you have full immunity. Mm-hmm. Cool. So by, by textbook, by textbook, right? Cause there's still, yes. uh, you know, yeah, there's still other boosters and things mm-hmm. along the lines that yeah. may come in a future. Um, yeah. You know, um, that actually probes my next question, which is controversial. It's like, you know, are <laughs> you really ever immune? Can you not get COVID again? Um, you know, can you get another variant? There's a lot of variants out there. Sorry to put this on you, Carla, but I would love to kind of just get more color around it if you have any. Right. Um, It's a common question actually being asked by patients when they get their vaccines. It's it's everybody's question. Mm -hmm. So far, we've been giving vaccines for like we started December. Mm -hmm. So the data that we have is just from December. That's December, January, February, March, April, May. That's six months of giving the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So there's not enough studies to say, oh, you can get reinfected, you can get this, you can get that. There's not enough time for us to say what really is the real score, the real deal, getting it or not getting it again. Mm -hmm. But by principle, all vaccines, including COVID-19 vaccines, is supposed to help your body fight it. Mm If you do, the the best thing, best scenario would be you won't get it. Mm. That's the best scenario. Mm-hmm. But if you do get it, the vaccine should help you to have lesser symptoms. The effects on you wouldn't be as, you know, devastating as compared to not getting the vaccine. Yeah. 
given um, the COVID, we live in a COVID vaccine world and, and just, you know, post COVID, you know, what, what do you see as the future of, of the vaccine and, and just as, as, a, as, a, as a whole? As I a can't general? really tell, but what I, what I can say actually is um, as humans, we, we tend to get better and better at things and we adapt and we, we just fight for our lives and we're born survivors. So whatever it is right now that we're going through and doing, we're doing it, we're doing our best. Mm -hmm. That's my take. Cause you know, if you don't protect yourself, if you don't uh, do studies, if you don't seek what is the common good, then what's the sense of living, right? Mm -hmm. So you continue to live your life every day, even if it's post pre COVID, during COVID or post COVID, you, you seek to be a better person, be a healthier person, be a conscientious person and be concerned about yourselves, your family, the people around you and collectively um, helping the whole world or the universe itself. Yep. Yep. Like you said, you know, we've been doing well or, or doing good on our end as, as a whole, but we couldn't be doing it without people like yourself, you know, uh, people right, that have you. been on the front lines firsthand, taking care of us, getting the COVID vaccine for us and, and making the world a better place. So again, thank you, Carla, for your service. And I want to kind of just open it up here and, and ask you if, if you want to leave us with any last words, if maybe there's any anyone you'd like to thank or, or you know, just anything. I want to show my gratitude, actually, to, first of all, I don't consider myself a hero. I'm just doing my job. But I guess last year was actually the year of the nurse. It's been 100 years since nursing was established by Florence Nightingale. And what a perfect time, right? For the profession to be a century old. I don't consider myself a hero, but I've really um, seen how everybody, New Yorkers, even the entire world actually, how they've expressed their gratitude and support morally. The seven o'clock clapping. Remember that? I was part of it, girl. See? So like um, my neighbors up in Washington Heights, where I lived at that time last year, they were clacking their... Um, what they call their pants, and it gives you strength. It gives you inspiration to, to. It's like a pat in the back, and even mm -hmm. a hug, a virtual hug, or how, however we want to call it. One of my neighbors play um, New York, New York by Frank Sinatra every mm -hmm. 7 p.m. And sometimes if we don't hear hear him play it, I'm like, oh, maybe he's mm -hmm. out. <laughs> it's just really um, overwhelming to have that support you know, morally, um, mentally, and psychologically, it has an effect on the essential workers. So in with that, I'd like to thank all New Yorkers and everybody in the world, my family and my friends who have um, been very supportive and my pillars of strength when I went through COVID. And even now, they still check up on me, even if like everything has already lifted a little bit. Um, but also I want to thank, because I got, oh. Mariana, I haven't told you, I got a bike from, from Specialized, Specialized, a biking company. They, they gave um, bikes oh my to essential workers last year so we could get to work because some people are afraid of, mm. yeah, going to uh, using the subway or like just being around people because when you're on a bike, you're, it's safer. It's like you're more free. You have more freedom. Yeah. You can breathe. You're not enclosed in a car or a subway train or the bus 
So I'd like to thank Specialized Bikes and Transportation Alternatives. They match us with the bike companies or individuals who wants to donate their bikes. So the good people of Transportation Alternatives were responsible for me getting a bike from Special Specialized. And I want to thank them for that. That's my number one thank you. And a couple of like companies like Aritzia Figs and also yeah um they've been they have given nurses like free stuff people who gave us food every day pizza and well i gained 10 pounds at, you know everyone gained during because <laughs> i they've been feeding us thank you new york for feeding Aww, us thank you thank you i mean thank you to you yeah. and the essential yeah. workers above all and all the amazing people that yes. you just noted who have supported you who have supported right. essential workers new york as a whole right so Thank you for your time. And, and I have goosebumps, Carla. You have, you have been amazing. I appreciate all that you <laughs> Thank are. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I hope this helps other people get informed or get their anxieties, um, get over their anxieties over the vaccine, or just, you know, um, give them a sense of hope and like uh, uh, a nudge of like, oh, you're okay. You will be fine. You know, uh, just you know, checking on everybody, everybody's fine, everybody's doing good. And we just want to reach out also to those who lost um, loved ones and friends. Mm -hmm. um, our hearts go out to you. And yeah, we're, we're all in this together. We help each other and a better place for us to live in if we, you know, continue to be loving and like caring about our neighbors. Yeah. I guess. Loving and united. You said it perfectly there, Carla. And again, I want to thank you. But before I let you go, Carla, I want to mm -hmm. change the tone here a little bit and, you know, get into this fun segment that I like to do and end things with. And it's called a New York Minute, where I ask a speed round of questions related to New York. And you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you are you down to play that? It'll take one minute. How cool. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I hope you don't know what these questions are, but here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> say whatever comes to mind first. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite New York borough? Um, Manhattan. Favorite New York neighborhood? Astoria. Favorite New York food? Oh, oh no. Pizza. <laughs> okay. Favorite season in New York City? All seasons. Oh, never had that one. Favorite New York tourist destination? Ah, oh, Brooklyn Bridge. Ooh, favorite non-tourist destination. Uh, there's not, there, I don't think there's a non-tourist destination in New York, but I guess it's my own apartment. Yay, I've had that before. Favorite holiday in the city? Christmas. Favorite New York subway line? Hmm, express trains, any express train. And then um, favorite New York park? Central Park. Lovely. And favorite weekend getaway from New York, if you ever get a chance, because I know you're a hard worker. Um, probably upstate. Upstate somewhere? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like the Catskills yes. or... Just... I've learned, I've learned okay. to um, rock climbing, so mm. I want to explore that more. <laughs> that sounds fun. Hey, you can get it upstate, it sounds like. Uh, one word to describe New York City? Fun. One tip on how to live your best life in New York? Be open. <laughs> Carla, you said so many amazing things here. You summed it up so quickly. So again, mm -hmm. can't thank you enough. Can't thank you enough for your service and for you as a human being 
I, we, I look forward to sharing this episode and connecting with you again, hopefully for my second shot. Yes, you need to report to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Carla. How are you doing your second shot? Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Mista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode. Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Mista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live in breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipmista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipmista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.